sideline. Touchdown. And he looks the other way and it's intercepted. Welcome to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Inside the five. Watkins to the end zone. Brought to you by 7th Street Casino and GEHA Insurance. Here are your hosts, Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome in to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Pete Sweeney, the editor-in-chief of ArrowheadPride.com here. Uh, Dusty Likens behind the glass, sitting across from Jay Binkley. The Chiefs win their third game of the season, defeating the Baltimore Ravens. 33-28 in a game that I think a lot of people thought would be this quarterback battle. But instead of that, it was the Chiefs getting out to an early 23-6 lead, eventually 30-13. to And the Ravens really just playing some odd version of catch-up. You had John Harbaugh going for it uh, for two points, and it didn't really make a ton of sense. Uh, but the Chiefs ultimately win the game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, the reigning MVP, 27 of 37, 374 yards, uh, three touchdowns, no interceptions. If you want to get involved in, in tonight's show, uh, you can text us on the Protein House Eat With a Purpose text line 69306, or you could call us 913-576-7610. Bink, better late than never. Better late than never, Pete. That's <laughs> we're what I we're finally on the air. Well, you know what, though? Time to reflect. We've had time to reflect. It's not the... Uh, Instant reaction, you know, cooler heads prevail. It usually works out better when you lose, but when you win, it's kind of the same status quo. I think we've all have kind of the same thoughts that we did right after the game. Yeah, I mean, it was just a little bit delayed while we were waiting for the lovely Royals to to finish up, which they did. Uh, The Chiefs' offense, I I thought, was was really good at the beginning of the game. Um, it, it, It seems to slow down. You know, once the second quarter hit, that's when all the touchdowns came. Uh, and then again, I, I think it was just, you know, defending against the Ravens, uh, getting, uh, back into the game. Great game for LaShawn McCoy, who entered and was questionable with an ankle issue and fought his way through the pain. I mean, James Palmer of NFL network tweeted out a video early this morning of him hobbling in and McCoy gets in the game, uh, ends up having eight carries for 54 yards and a touchdown on the ground and three catches for 26 yards uh, and a touchdown through the air. So Shady coming through on a week that Damian Williams was unavailable. Shady was good today. I was a little bit surprised that he was going to be the bulk of the carry, especially when he's, you know, hobbling in like James Palmer had where he's hobbling into the game. I thought the speed might be a time we might see a little more Darwin Thompson, but clearly Darryl Williams. Darwin Thompson was the choice over Thompson, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise, uh, but he's been in the system for longer. I think they've kept him for a reason. And I think we saw a little bit of that today. They like Daryl Williams a lot. And, you know, undrafted last year, this was actually a nice pickup by Brett Veach. It really was undrafted. And we've gone over the numbers. I, you know, he had more yards per carry than Darius Geis when he's at LSU. He backed up Geis and he backed up Leonard Fournette. You know, he's been active every season so far this year. And to me, he was kind of the forgotten guy at camp. We spent a lot of time talking about Darwin Thompson, a lot of time talking about, well, Carlos Hyde, who's now gone. And, of course, Damien Williams as well. But Darrell Williams is just that guy that was there. Now, some of the breakaway speed not there, although I'll say this, he got shoestring tackled there where I thought he was going to break away and actually get into the end zone, Pete. But nine carries, 62 yards. And, of course, out of the backfield too, five catches, 47 yards. 
That's the stuff you want. Again, you're seeing the same type of attributes from Andy Reid running backs that you had from Damien Williams. You know, people talk about Damien Williams being an outstanding receiver of the football. But make no mistake about it. Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy have shown the ability to run the ball better. Damien Williams has struggled this year running the football. <clears throat> the Chiefs had their most productive day running the football, which I think was a good sign. <coughs> what was that? Was well, I mean, you, just, you just coughed, so I just did an Andy Reid cough. Andy Reid cough. But 140 yards <laughs> on the ground today. This, this was pleasant to me because the Chiefs really had struggled running the football. You go back, you know, the, the – um, Last week against the Raiders, not able to run the ball. 31 carries, 1.4 per. 140 yards today, 5.4 per. And um, 113 yards, 4 per against Jacksonville. This was the best day running the football against the defense in the Baltimore Ravens that are off to a good start. And I know they haven't played anybody, but last year, you know, you're talking about first and overall defense, fourth against the run, fifth against the pass. The Chiefs have faced two very good defenses so far this season, and that's something to like. It's not like Baltimore when, you, when you're facing Miami and you're facing Arizona. No, you went out today and faced a very good Ravens defense. Uh, Wink Martindale has been a great defensive coordinator for them, and you showed that you could put 40 points on the board at Jacksonville and all that heat they were talking about uh, in Jacksonville. But things are starting to come together. We'll get into it more. They can't stop the run still. That's still a big concern to me. But at least this part of the game, this part of the game, Cam Irving was uh, pro football focus's last rated um, tackle as far as with the run last week, number one in pass protection. He looked really shaky at the beginning of the game. I felt he kind of turned himself around. I mean, they got to figure something out there. That's not the answer. But the fact that the Chiefs were able to run the football uh, was a very good sign. But Darrell Williams showed, you know, running the football, catching the football, and again, Good blocker in the backfield as well. But LaShawn McCoy and Daryl Williams, very similar attributes. And you can see why uh, Andy Reid has trust with those two guys over anybody else. Yeah. Well, with D- Damien Williams, clearly with a pass. But I'm sorry. I, as far as on the ground, I think I think Daryl Williams, LaShawn McCoy, better runners than Damien Williams. Yeah, Daryl Williams and LaShawn McCoy uh, combined for 116 yards. I, I think you nailed it on the head. There's still a really clear problem with defending the run. Uh, the Chiefs are going to have to figure that out. Um, but on this show, we're, you're going to get to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, uh, Patrick Mahomes, LaShawn McCoy we talked about, Chris Jones. You can also call in, uh, chat with us. We'll go right out. Uh, talk to Dan and KCK. What's up, Dan? Great team win by the Chiefs and a great running by Williams and uh, and McCoy. How about that receiving by Hardman? Blowing right past the Ravens defense. And uh, how about uh, who, who scored that last touchdown? I'm looking at the box score right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, one-handed catch by Demarcus Robinson. Great, <laughs> great uh, offense by the, uh, by the receiving corner. How about Frank Clark getting a sack? And how about the uh, – oh, what was I trying to think of somebody else? Uh, it was kind of an odd decision by John Harbaugh to go for two – it was 30 to 13 that, instead of going for the extra point, and that was kind of odd too. But uh, anyway, it was a great team win. Let's take care of the line. Take care, guys. How about uh, Emmanuel Ogba getting a sack and a half? How about Emmanuel Ogba lead the Chiefs in sack? A wild and wacky game. I thought it was weird, uh, the two-point conversion, too. McCole Hardman, I think, doing the big things and the little things. Incredible one-handed catch by Demarcus Robinson, and I, I think you nailed it on the head. Three quarterback hits for Emmanuel Ogba. And don't forget, how did you acquire him? 
it was by trading Eric Murray away to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, through three, as B.J. Kissel put out through three games, two and a half sacks, three tackles for losses, four quarterback hits. No, I'm not talking about Frank Clark. I'm talking about Emmanuel Ogba, who's sprinkled in there because he's not the starter. It's Okafor to Frank Clark, but Emmanuel Ogba, this is once again a guy that fits into the scheme. Not only that, but a pass defended for him as well. He's now got 18 in his career. Chris Jones, when he's the Chris Jones batting the ball, same draft, 2016. Ogba goes uh, 32nd overall. Jones goes 37th. But yet, one more pass defended from Ogba than Chris Jones that we always label as the guy that knocks the passes down. So, hopefully, this is another one of those breach, uh, Brett Beach deals. You bring him in and hope the coaching staff elevates him. But he kind of fits into that scheme. And I was pretty happy how the Chiefs set the edge today. Lamar Jackson really worried me getting outside the pocket and doing Lamar Jackson type of things. I thought the I thought the defensive is except the few well, times I, I when Okafor got his ankles broken. I think the, thereby, not literally, but the by bigger Lamar thing Jackson. with Lamar Jackson though to me is, and you're seeing it a lot with quarterbacks. Talented quarterbacks can come in and play the Chiefs, but when you blink, and all of a sudden it's twenty three to six. It changes the whole game. Like Lamar, Frank Clark said it in the postgame, and we'll get to it, but when uh, Jackson believes he has to make a play and is on the run, his passer rating goes down. You know, And, and I just felt like, okay, you're, up to a, you're off to a quick lead, 23-6, and eventually 30-13. to It didn't allow Jackson to settle in and, and maybe do what the Ravens intended to do on offense because all of a sudden you're playing catch-up. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and I thought, to Pete, as far as, you know, who were his main targets? Uh, Hollywood Brown kept him in check, two for 49. You know, that was the guy that concerned me with the deep ball. And then Mark Andrews, I know he came in this game banged up. It was a little bit iffy if he was going to play or not. But he had back-to-back 100-yard games as a tight end. They hold him to three catches, 15 yards in this game. Yeah, and he was a little bit banged up. A game-time decision eventually goes. We mentioned Agba. I thought also on defense, Tyron Matthew, just a tremendous game. Uh, three passes defensed. Uh, Frank Clark who has, you know, taken a little bit of criticism, uh, was able to get his first sack, so you hope that uh, that can kind of lead to more sacks uh, for Clark. Uh, and again, uh, it's, it's, it's an effort, and I think, we, like we said, you know, we've harped on this uh, going into the season. The defense doesn't need to be outstanding. It just needs to be all right. And I, I thought it was another good performance, not great, but good and good enough, and, and I think that's what you want. Well, last week, Lamar Jackson set the record for most passing yards and rushing yards in a game in the regular season in the history of the NFL. Ran for over 120 yards. <laughs> no, stop with the who cares there, Dusty. I, I do think it matters that they were able to set that edge kind of and contain him in the pocket for the most part. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, again, I, I think if there's one thing that you have concerns with, it, it's it's Mark Ingram and the 16 carries for 103 yards. uh uh, you would just like the Chiefs at some point here to be able to stop one of these really good runners that 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 they they're coming into. Um, I thought on offense uh, again we mentioned McCoy. McCole Hardman had had the touchdown. Uh, Travis Kelsey with another uh, big day, seven receptions uh, for eighty nine yards, and Kelsey made some history um, after the game, according to the Chiefs, with seven receptions and eighty nine yards in today's game. Kelsey has four hundred and twenty seven receptions. Uh, and more than 5,500 receiving yards for his career, he becomes the fastest tight end in the NFL to reach at least 425 catches and at least 5,500 receiving yards in the Super Bowl era. He, Just consistency. Yeah. They, the, the Ravens were worried about Travis Kelsey getting his yards. 
And, and speaking of fast, 21.74 miles an hour, McCole Hardman on the 83-yard touchdown. That is the fastest by a ball carrier on a scoring play this season, according yeah, to technology and stuff. Yeah, and I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, again, no one is as fast as Tyreek Hill, uh, but, but Hardman is pretty good. And I was wrong about this. I thought it would take him a little bit longer, a little bit later in the season before he came, became a contributor. When you have an injury to Hill and you get thrown into the fire, I mean, sometimes you just got to perform earlier, and he's really answering the call. What's well, three straight weeks? Sammy, Sammy Watkins, the big dog in week one, five catches, 64-yard, very pedestrian day for Watkins. Demarcus Robinson, three for 43, including an incredible touchdown catch. But it was McCall Hartman lead the way with 97 yards receiving for the Chiefs. So we've seen a different receiver each and every week with Pat Mahomes putting up big numbers. And today it happened to be McCall Hardman, just two catches, but the 97 yards. And keep in mind, he had that 72-yarder pulled back from him um, in the uh, in the last game where Mahomes would have been over 500 yards and five touchdowns. Right, yeah, and, and I just think, too, when you when you look at the stat sheet and you have Hardman at 97 yards, Kelsey 89 yards, Watkins 64, uh, Daryl Williams for 47 yards. To me, that's part of what makes Mahomes really effective too, and it's probably an under-talked-about trait in him. It doesn't matter who gets the football, and I think that's part of the reason he has so much success and puts up the numbers he does because he's just looking for the read that's open, and and, and it's it's a way it's the right way to do it. No, it is the right way to do it, and really seriously, I'll sit here. Tyreek Hill, I do think, makes a difference in this run game. And today was good to see the yardage because they hadn't been able to run without him. And the fact that they were able to run today without Tyreek Hill because he takes so much attention away from the defense, two guys flowing the direction he goes, but the fact that they were still able to run the football because that's where Tyreek Hill's. I mean, it's a big miss when he's not on the field. And I know people have seen a different receiver step up every week. Don't minimize his effect when he gets out there making this a complete offense. Well, and, and you hear Earl Thomas after the game, you see on Twitter that he's saying, oh, I'll see you next time. We'll see these guys again. Yeah, that's true. But if everyone remains healthy, you're just adding Tyreek Hill back in the mix. And this is an offense, especially at the beginning of games, you know, more so in the second quarter in these last two, uh, that that's rolling. That's rolling. And you're going to add Tyreek Hill back to that mix? Like, good luck with that. And here's where Baltimore kind of sits. As we sit here trying to define who's the next best team in the AFC, and Baltimore was kind of carrying that nationally a little bit, this third-best team in the AFC. But again, who have you played? And to me, Kansas City is to the Baltimore Ravens what the Patriots are to the Chiefs. Close, but no cigar. Just like last year, the game that went through. And I also think, They can't too. get over that Chiefs hump. It's like, it's like the and Chiefs and the Patriots. No matter what they do, I, they can't quite get over that hump. But I think the Ravens, when they play the Chiefs, the Chiefs just a little bit better. And so far, the Patriots have been just a little bit better well, than the Kansas City Chiefs. So the hierarchy now is Patriots-Chiefs. And we'll have to wait and see on the Ravens. We'll have to wait and see yeah, like this, this whole... if Houston, who's beating the Chargers right now 27-20, to 20, Chiefs could have a two-game lead in the division today. But just see who that next tier is because right now it's the Patriots and the Chiefs. This whole build up into else. the game though, Jay, that like it's Brady Manning like Jackson is not close to Mahomes. I, I think we learned that today. It was a one-on-one matchup and Patrick Mahomes is clearly the better quarterback to me. Clearly. He is. He's poised in the pocket. He does things. Lamar needs everything else to work. He didn't get the running game behind him. 
He did not get the production from his wide receivers. And not only that, I felt the Chiefs were able to set that edge and create a little bit of pressure on him at times. Right. Stuff that he's not used. He's used and again, to getting out of the pocket and making people I just pay, think the urgency. And the Chiefs were there. The urgency helps with that. Like when Mahomes comes in and, and puts up points early, and now all of a sudden the quarterback has pressure on. Like good luck. Like good luck having to deal with that. That that of course goes into it too. Uh, you can reach out to us nine one three five seven six seven six ten. Let's go out to Neil. Neil, what's up? Hey, good afternoon, guys. <clears throat> Thanks for taking my call, boy. I wasn't even sure if you guys were going to be on the air. I had to call <laughs> the other station for goodness' sake. I was like, "What the heck?" Anyway, shout out to uh, Chris Jones, Tyron, Frank Clark, and Shady. All had great games. I think Frank Clark finally showing up with that sack was nice. Jones is just doing his thing. He's a bad butt every day. And Tyron, I thought, despite him not catching that interception, I thought he had a pretty good game today, finally, which is nice to see. Now, moving on to some other stuff, though, I thought the refs were completely ridiculous today. The, you know, when we called for a fair catch on the last drive and they didn't take a single second off the clock, is that a normal occurrence? Or yeah, that, that, do you know? Like that's, that is, that's right. That's correct. What's correct? When a player makes a fair catch, then no time comes off. Is that true? Okay, I wasn't sure because yeah. I was like, how could they not have to? <laughs> then you know, it was like yeah. two plays later before they even had the two-minute warning. I was like freaking out about that. But then, I mean, the pass interference call, you know Andy Reid thought that was offensive pass interference. And it was, I mean, how could it be any more obvious? And they, they, even after reviewing it, they don't give it. They don't reverse that. That's ridiculous. They sh- we should have won that game by at least 11 points. I, I was never more angry with a, with a win in my life, probably. I mean, I couldn't believe that <laughs> offensive pass is this. That's why they put the rule in there, isn't it? Neil, did you play? I, Neil, did you place a wager on the game? I did not. No. Oh, okay, no, I thought maybe I, that's I why. Bet. I'm not a betting guy, but I just, <laughs> I'm just freaking, I'm just freaking annoyed. I mean, the Charger game last year, late in the year. I, I am, I'm, I'm sorry, but I have a tinfoil hat. I truly believe that the NFL. Did not want this game to be over as early as it would have been if that fourth down conversion was not – if they didn't make that catch and they overturned it and said offensive pass interference, that game was over. And I, I truly believe the NFL <laughs> didn't want that. The Charger game last year, they would have been out of the division race and we would have had the division locked up, but they didn't want that. They wanted the Chargers to be around the last couple of weeks of the season. We had to go to Oakland and take that game seriously. We should have never had to do that. I'm, I'm sorry. I've got Tim Foyle hat. I'm just annoyed. This game shouldn't have been that close. Pete, you were saying it all week. This was a double-digit game. It should yeah. have been. Yeah. It should have been. The Ravens were able to crawl their way back in. I'm not necessarily sure that uh, it had anything to, to do with the referees. I don't, I'm not into that theory that the NFL is fixed like WWE. Um, so angry. He was very angry. And let's just remember here, people. The <laughs> well, officiating terrible. The Chiefs all won right. the game 33-28. I will say something about the officiating. This thing where you can review pass interference, if it was going to have to be this blatant and it wasn't a true review, don't even do it. Like, don't even do it. Like, what are you doing? You're all, what are you trying to protect yourself from a team losing in the playoffs? Then only have it in the playoffs. Uh, the What the NFL has been saying is for any kind of interference to get overturned via replay, it has to be egregious and obvious, um, even more so than the, the regular replay. But it's just been confusing because – like you saw today, there was offensive pass interference on that play, but they, they didn't overturn it because it just wasn't uh, obvious enough. And, and I, I kind of thought it was going to go that way, and it ended up going that way. Yeah. Speaking of clocks, and uh, Andy Reid at the end of the first half, we're going to talk about clocks. and that To me, that was more egregious 
that, that play. Yeah. Th- but letting, the eight, well, eight that's something that Andy Reid has done. And, it, it, I mean, it, you know, there's jokes about it, how the time management. But if you're going to call a timeout at the end of the first half there, you have to call it immediately. You yeah, let eight, me, that was more You let eight seconds that, tick yeah. off. So if you have 18 seconds and, and, and you're in that, that area, you can maybe take a few shots down the field. You have Patrick Mahomes that's scoring, what, 78-yard touchdowns here, 83-yard touchdowns. Uh, give him a few shots. We saw him a few shots. fired up today for the first time in a long time. He did. He did have an anger streak. Let's go back out to the phone lines. Michael in South KC, what's up? Michael? Let's try jo- Joe in North KC from the south to the north. Uh, what's up, Joe? What's going on, Pete and Bink? Love your show. Thank you. I wanted to talk about uh, Andy Reid. I thought he coached great today, not only the game plan, but getting the offensive line ready. They had to make some adjustments. Um, he got hit too much early. That's Pat. He got hit too much early. But once they made those adjustments, he looked comfortable and just carved them up. So huge shout-out to Andy. Um Showing again why he's one of the best. You know, and here's the thing. Andy Reid, um, Andy Reid did coach a good game. Well, let's make no mistake about it too, Pete, what this team didn't have. This team didn't have its starting left tackle. This team didn't have its yeah, they, they realized real quick running back. that they're going to have to, you know, give give Patrick Mahomes and the O-line extra help. They realized Even real quick. Even though I'm not sure that Damian Williams earned that title as number one running back, as I've said to you before, because <laughs> if they had Shady going to No one was a grudge like Jay Binkley. What I'm saying is you don't have your number one wide receiver in Tyreek Hill. You don't have your starting left tackle in Eric Fisher. You, you've got a journeyman in Cam Irving trying to fill what I feel is the, one of the most four important positions in football the quarterback, the left tackle, shut down corner, and pass rusher. You didn't have that. We still haven't had a monster game from Frank Clark. I know we got a sack today, but we still haven't had that monster. What's funny is all the people giving Frank Clark all this credit. What about Van Yogba? Like I've been saying, this guy's been doing it surprisingly well this year, and he wasn't getting the big money. But but the fact is, they did go into the game without their left tackle, starting running back, and then LaShawn McCoy came in with a hobbled up ankle. Right. And yet they were still able to win a game against what Shady, many man. people considered Big spot the today. third best team in the AFC looking to take that jump. The Chiefs did it without being full throttle. Now, I get it. Jimmy Smith didn't play for the Ravens. I do think that matters. Marlon Humphrey did get banged up for a while, so they were without their top two corners. Marlon Humphrey did come back into the game. But again, the Chiefs weren't full go. We haven't seen the best of what this team is yet. And I think the defense continues to get better and we've now seen three sacks and back-to-back games from them. The biggest concern to me is still this running game. The Ravens did have the ball five more minutes than the Chiefs in this game. Big part of that was that running game that they had today. And the Chiefs, scored, the Chiefs, Chiefs were scoring quick, too. Yards. Chiefs were scoring quick, too. There were a couple of drives, or three, you know, three plays. Uh, the Hardman, 83-yard yeah. touchdown catch. You listen to the Arrowhead Pride postgame show presented by 7th Street Casino, where it's at. Uh, call and talk to us, 913-576-7610. Chester, what's going on, man? It's a beautiful thing to watch each game when you peak, when you develop, when you put things together the way that it's drawn up, even the last end of the game. You know, it wasn't all runs, but they threw a, a play in there and they executed. And it was easy for them to run out the clock. When you put all that together in all four quarters, who motivates the motivator? Uh, the quarterback automatically going to get his TD passes, 374. He's going to get his passing yardage. But who motivates him? You know, you surround your core. They motivate each other. They know they're going to peak. 
going to get into that promised land, getting closer, hungering and thirsting to taste that in different things, then you're going to see more than agitation. You're going to see them doing things they've never done before, going places they've never been before, and they're going to peak. And I'd rather be three and oh and have to adjust, especially on run defense, than to be zero and three and have to adjust. It's better watching the game film and just like the coach said, how about them Chiefs? God bless you. Mm. Who motivates the motivator? Uh, like, the agitation like in the winning machine is what keeps the clothes clean, Pete. That's what the Chester once said. But speaking of Mahomes here, look at what he, 374 yards today, three touchdowns. He's got 10 touchdowns this year, no picks. 443 last week, 378 the week before. These are amazing. He's putting up halftime stats that we would have taken as a full game for Alex Smith. It is just how good Pat Mahomes has been this year. Right. I mean, we were in the days of 250 yards, and if Alex managed two touchdowns, I mean, that was an exciting Sunday. He's got 60 touchdowns now in his last 19 games. Very different. Mike in South KC, what's going on? Hey, how's it going, my man? Pretty good. How are you? All right. Now, I I just, uh, I know, you know, we won today. Yeah. But, you know, it was a good deal, but uh, it's it's my uh, hats off to Justin Colquitt for breaking that record. 225 games with the Chiefs. That is another one of the records broken today by the Chiefs. Nerd. Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Colquitt, nobody in Chiefs history has now worn the uniform as many times as Dustin Colquitt. You know what, though? I have to give the edge to the guard that went 224 games. Just a little bit of different physicality <laughs> within that. Uh, Andy Reid, by the way, he's six all-time now. In uh, regular and postseason wins, he passes Chuck Knoll today. Rising up he, the ranks. He's 19 behind Curly Lambo. But nobody's going to catch Don Shula <coughs> at 347. But here's the other thing, too, about the Chiefs, Pete. We're looking at what they're doing in September, getting off to these good starts. 3-0 and last year, 3-0 and the year before. They started off 5-0 and in 17, 5-0 and in 18. They're 3-0 and so far in 19. They're getting off to these fast starts. And that's, that's including the last two years playing your first two games. On the road. Last year was not easy going to play the Chargers, then beating the Steelers. Of course, they beat the Patriots in week one two years ago. This year, they've gone to Jacksonville. Then they went across the coast to Oakland before coming back and winning. But they're getting off to a good start building that confidence with their team. Andy Reid gets his teams ready to roll. Now, can he parlay that into January? We'll see. Andy Reid in charge of getting the Chiefs to 3-0. and You'll get to hear him after the break. We'll be right back. Ride Post Game Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. Back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show, brought to you by 7th Street Casino. Here's Pete Sweeney and Jay Binkley. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show after a 33-28 Chiefs victory. Uh, they improved to 3-0. It's time now for the AP Sounds of the game, and that's brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Hit it. 12th play of the drive. A shift. Let's go on, On the game. McCoy. Touchdown, Kansas City. Shady goes airborne. Receiver. 
Kelsey in motion. First down, Kansas City under eight minutes to go. First half. Mahomes deep drop off his back foot. Uncorks. Hauled in. Touchdown. To Marcus Robinson. Fantastic grab. Well, Andy Reid says that Demarcus Robinson is a star in the making. This is a star catch on the corner route. Watch the right hand go up, stop the ball, bring it back to his body. Toe tap in the end zone. It doesn't get any better than that. Beautiful throw and catch. Line of scrimmage is the 17. Court remains in there. Mahomes looking to throw it. He will. Delivers downfield. Catch made. McCall Hartman. Goodbye. A blur. Touchdown, Kansas City. They can strike from anywhere and any time. Those sounds courtesy of CBS Sports. The AP Sounds of the Game brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Those were the three second quarter touchdowns. So just a week after Patrick Mahomes throws for four touchdowns in the second quarter against the Oakland Raiders, four touched, or I'm sorry, three touchdowns for the Chiefs in the second quarter against the Baltimore Ravens. Impressive nonetheless, Pete. Are you shocked at all that did it even seem like the Ravens were that close? I think it didn't to, to me. I think there were two times when I thought, okay, maybe this can get interesting. The beginning when they go up six nothing. Uh a weird exchange there where they they ended up going for two and then and then not making it. And then toward the end, a little bit, when they started to crawl their way back in, you know, you know, 30 to 22, I thought not going for, you know, just an extra point to make it 30 to 20 was odd. But then all of a sudden it was a, it was a one score game uh, toward the end. They, it was, you know, they crawled their way back in, but by then it was too late. And here's the one thing about it. You look at last week, they were down early against the Raiders 10 to nothing. And I don't know if you watched that mic'd up deal with the um, homes mic'd up last week on the chiefs, put it out there Yeah, and just be enemy, you know, talk, just, and I get a lot of respect. I mean, the enemy, he kept it cool. He's like, all right, let's calm down. Let's chill out and stuff like that. We'll get it. You know, there's my homes there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you think about all the prima donnas in the league. Yeah. You're calling your, your coach, sir, twice. I was impressed by that. But just keep it calm. And we're so used to the Chiefs getting off to that hot start. That streak ended earlier this uh, year by scoring in the first quarter because right. it was the second play. But today, 21 straight games of scoring at least 26 or more. That was already an NFL record of 20, 21. But the fact is, you know, this team, I never feel is out of it. Even if somebody was going to be up 21 to nothing, I would not put the Chiefs out of this game. They hit, Remember when Ben Roethlisberger took the Steelers back last year after the Chiefs built that early? The Chiefs were able to, to overcome that. Good quarterbacks will do that. It's that fear they strike in the opponent on the other side, that no matter what the score is, they have a chance to always bring their team and get back into the game. And we've seen the Chiefs, you know, be on the opposite side of the scoreboard at the beginning of the game. But it, it doesn't – panic or panic does not set in like it did before. Even with Alex Smith, we found ourselves in a hole. I didn't know. Right. Remember, he went years without scoring within the last two minutes of the half of the game before he finally did on a field goal against the Cincinnati Bengals um, the second to last year Smith was here. But I never feel where that panic sets in when Pat Mahomes is the quarterback, even when they're down. Because you, you think they make little mistakes. Andy Reid's going to make those adjustments, which he does 
I've seen the defense actually make some Andy Reid-style adjustments at different times, which is impressive. The play calling with Andy Reid had to switch a little bit at the beginning because Cam Irving was getting absolutely torn up there. Uh, McPhee uh, just blew right by him earlier in the game. And then Janon got a, a sack uh, on him when he beat Cam Irving. So I was a little bit really, really worried about Cam Irving in the beginning, but he was kind of able to settle down. And Andy Reid, you know, played it cool with him. You know, I know you can do better, and he did. It's the trust that he has in his players. But I just, when this team is down, I just don't feel like I used to that they can't come back. It's insurmountable because nothing is insurmountable, especially when, you, when you've spotted the opposing team points the last two weeks, and it hasn't mattered. Well, when when you think about it, I mean, the beginning, I think, of last game felt a little bit different because the Raiders scored on the first two possessions, and, and they were doing uh, a nice job, and it seemed like the Chiefs were really confused, and it seemed like Patrick Mahomes wasn't right. And the I, Chiefs didn't score that first quarter, which they didn't want to Right, and I, I think the concern is if Patrick Mahomes isn't healthy, then things start to unravel. But now that he's back, it doesn't seem like the ankle's really bothering him. We saw him scramble early on in the beginning of this game. Yeah, there wasn't really any nervousness. And I think what you've learned now, too, is that the Chiefs scoring seems like it comes in bunches. And you blink. Like, yeah, it was 6 nothing today. And then you blink 23-6 to uh, by the halftime. And, and I think that's something that Chiefs fans could get used to because Patrick Mahomes, it seems like when he gets in a groove, he can score two or three possessions in a row. And a couple things that are going to be talked about with Mahomes today, uh, both I thought were really good. The play fake where he had the ball hidden behind his leg, you know, and to be in a nice pass play down the middle. But the other thing, too, on the jet sweep, he was one of the lead blockers. But instead of blocking, you know what he did? He did the smart thing. He slid. Got to protect that was, body, man. There was a time Pat Mahomes would have thrown his body into a linebacker. Got to protect that body. He would have thrown his body into a linebacker, but he slid instead of making that block because he realized he's the meal ticket of this team. But that that's the learning process of Pat Mahomes. And even though he slid on the play, yeah, I'll give him credit for that because he didn't put himself – in harm's way where he could have injured himself, throwing his body into a linebacker. So, again, it's just the little things like that that he continues to do that's impressive. We're going to hear from Chiefs head coach Andy Reid, but before we do, let's take a call. Steve in the Village, what's going on? Hey, uh, I'm a big fan of you guys. You guys do a great job. Uh, how about Daryl the Barrel today uh, <laughs> running for a bunch of yards? I do I do like Daryl the Barrel. Ken Swanson uh, coined the nickname, uh, but yes, uh, out of nowhere, really, because I think a lot of people assume that Darwin Thompson would be the guy, and Daryl uh, had a nice game, Steve. Yeah, he did. He did. I also thought that uh, Nandi and uh, Ward uh, played really well. I know Ward better than he has, and, and Nandi had a great game uh, also today on the line. Yeah, agreed. And Nandi, Nandi is consistency, and to me, Traverius Ward, Though you do see some struggles as far as the, the ball the ball skills that I think Ward has, uh, he's coming along. Like I think every week he looks a little bit better. And don't forget, he only started uh, playing this much for the Chiefs week 16 of last year, so not even a full year. Uh, Butch in Seattle. Gentlemen, how about those Chiefs, eh? <laughs> All right, a couple quick notes, and then I'm going to get out of here. So uh, first thing, <laughs> okay. 99 for Baltimore's Matt Judon. I don't want to see him on the field again if we play these guys again. He had a terrible sack on Mahomes, got up, had a throat slash sort of gesture. Didn't get called on it. it. He should have got flagged for that. Well, you could uh, blame Irving on that one. Exactly right. Hits, hits, uh, drops his helmet right under Darwin Thompson's chin. Uh, doesn't get flagged for it. Should have been flagged for that. This isn't football with this guy. He needs to amp it down. I don't want to see him on the field again if we play these guys again. Um, second note is Demarcus Robinson. I wrote down 
he, he's saving his young career. What an amazing display to work outside of structure early in his career. Now yeah. working inside of structure, we're seeing him reap the benefits of that. He's been a revelation. And then um, lastly, last note I'm going to make, it, it, we talk a lot about uh, Patrick Mahomes seeing a football team the second time around and being good. Well, Andy gets his, top, his shot the second time around. He coaches against a defense the second time around, and he gets better. He gets better and Pat gets better. I don't see how teams are going to be able to beat these guys. All right, I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much, gentlemen. I'll say Pat Mahomes probably first on that. You know, you get him once. Although we saw the Patriots beat the Chiefs twice last year, but I do feel this defense is better than better acclimated to make those changes this year than did a, a year ago. I think the point with Andy Reid is good, and, and it, it's just the sense that he has all these skill position players, and that's one thing, but he, he, you need the quarterback to, to operate, and I think finally he has that guy who can uh, unlock everything that he's wanted to do in his whole career. Nothing you know, nothing against Donovan McNabb and Mike, Michael Vick, but this guy's different, and, and he just allows Andy Reid to do literally whatever he wants. It, he's getting so much respect, too. San Diego Chargers, a.k.a. the Los Angeles Chargers, have officially lost to the Houston Texans. So now the AFC West standings, Chiefs 3-0, and Chargers 1-2, and Raiders 1-2, and Broncos 0-3. Oh so week three, week three, here we are already, and the Kansas City Chiefs are two games ahead of the rest of the division. That's crazy. Hey, but the caller did bring up something too, Pete, about Darrell Williams. Listen to this, these numbers, Pete. Last year at LSU when these guys were there, with Darius Geis. And Darius Geis, you know, was drafted. Can't stay on the field. Listen to this, Darrell Williams. 145 carries, 820 yards, 5.7 per nine touchdowns. Darius Geis that year, 237 carries, 1251, 5.3. So he had .4 more yards per carry than Darius Geis. Geis ended up with 11 touchdowns, a lot more carries. But listen to the receiving. Darius Geis, 18 for 124, 23 for 331. For Daryl Williams that year, and you'd wonder who was the guy drafted and who wasn't. So, yeah, Daryl Williams is extremely productive, and I'll give credit for Brett Veach for finding Daryl Williams. Undrafted free agent. And bringing him in here. And, he, and when Daryl Williams came on the team, it was a very crowded room, so he's found a way to emerge in that. Again, nine carries for 62 yards today. That's 6.9 yards per carry. But it's just Andy Reid, how he uses his players. And I'll go back to this, Pete. This is Wink Martindale. He's the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. Great job last year. He's doing a great job this year as well. This is what he had to say about Andy Reid during the week. And this is this sums up what Andy Reid is in a nutshell. When you think about what coaches think about when they have to face Andy Reid, this sums it up. The defensive coordinator of the Ravens this week talking about the Chiefs. And Andy Reid, to me, is, you know, we're talking about all these young, innovative offensive coordinators. He's He's... I hope he doesn't get mad at me saying this. He's the grandfather. He's the OG of of the innovators of offense. And, and the offense that he has has there in Kansas City, everybody steals from. You know, he's the king of the RPO. He's the king of the shots. He's the king of the screens. I mean, he runs the whole thing. And when having a quarterback like Mahomes, as smart as he is, and, and, and making checks and things like that, it's, it's, a, it's a tough out. You know, I think we're just the men for the job, but it's a tough out. It's a tough out. There is Wink Martindale, you know, being honest. Very good defensive coordinator. You know, we saw the screen work today as well. Andy Reid just calls the right play at the right time for this, utilizing whatever he has. Utilizing the players that he has. Obviously, McCoy was brought in here because of that trust factor with Andy Reid. He knows 
what he can do. He knows his skill set. I think that was very attractive to Andy Reid, knowing what a player's skill set was and the type of plays to use them in. It's just, he's very innovative. He calls him the OG of offense right here. So you think of Andy Reid in the offense. Yeah. <laughs> right now, he's the best in the league. Best Belichick the- is at defense, no question, but OG of offense Andy Reed, is one Andrew Reid. Andy Reid got the best of him today, 33-28 to 28 win. He was Reid after the game. Fans, unbelievable. Man, it was loud and crazy down there. We loved it. The field crew, my hat goes off to the field crew that took care of those, that field after torrential downpour that we've had. And then it was great to see 25 Jamal back here beating that drum, man. What a, got a big hug from him before the game. It kind of fired me up a little bit. And then, um, you know, the, I was proud of our guys, in particular the defense, for bearing down um, in, in the tough times. So, uh, fourth down calls, two-point plays, those end up being big for us. Um, really, um, first of all, that's a good football team there. And their two big passing plays were really what makes that quarterback great. I mean, he put it up in, um, in, in bad conditions, you know, and, uh, but made plays. So he's a heck of a player. John, John Harbaugh's done a great job with that team over the years. I think this is the 11th year, and I'm proud of him the job he's done. Uh, Frank's sack, Frank Clark's sack, was big at a big, crucial time. Um, you know, you, you bring these guys in here, and uh, and that's what you, you know, that's what you, what you hope for right there, and, and he stepped up at a, at a crucial time. Offensively, I thought we, we did a, did a nice job offensively. Uh, Patrick had another big day. Um, the runners, uh, combined for over 100 yards, did a nice job. Receivers, you saw our young Cole there make some big plays, and Sammy made some, you know, Kels. And then the offensive line, that's a huge challenge. That, that's a physical football team right there. And I challenged both offense and defensive line uh, early in the week, and I thought they, they stepped up and, and kept pushing. It wasn't pretty, but they kept pushing throughout the whole game, and we were able to come away with a victory. And then Dustin, 225 uh, games, man. That's uh, pretty... Pretty incredible. That's it's a record here. So uh, my hat goes off to him, and he's still he's still good. So tribute to him. All right, with that, time's yours. So that's Andy Reid after the game, and, and I think he nailed it on the head. It wasn't pretty, and that's something you've noticed about Reid in the past. He does always say we got to get back to work, but at the same time, they got the W, and that's all that matters. Yeah, the W is what, what all that matters, and I think sometimes we're spoiled in the way we've seen some of these uh, these games finality of them. You know, from 14-point wins to 18-point wins. Five points in the NFL is not bad. It's not bad. This league is built for where a field goal wins here and there, and a five-point win is still a five-point win. I think we get enamored sometimes because college scores get way out of hand between two teams. But in the National Football League, against a very physical team in the Ravens, it's a very good team. But let's face it, the Chiefs played two extremely physical teams already this year and have beaten them. Jacksonville is a physical football team. The Baltimore Ravens are a physical football team. And the Chiefs stood toe-for-toe for for them. What what did the Jags have? Nine sacks against the Titans this week on Thursday night? Was it nine sacks? Yeah. Something like that. Something ridiculous like that. Didn't happen against the Chiefs, you know, despite some of the, the things that we think about this offensive line. It didn't happen. I thought the Chiefs actually were more physical uh, than the Jags. I haven't seen that before. I mean, you take out Foles and all the big hits. The Chiefs were le- levying on people. And I felt today the Chiefs were laying the big hits, too. I just seen a lot more physicality in this team uh, this year compared to last year. 
thing you like about the Chiefs is is that they're they're better as the game goes on. I think you saw that in the offensive line uh, today. Let's go back out to Andy Reid. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I I didn't go in thinking that, Adam. I mean, that's not how I was saying. I, I trust that the other guys were just going to step up and and play and do a good job, and each one of them collectively, you know, had a had a pretty good day. So when it was all said and done, it ended up. Uh, you know, they, they took advantage of that opportunity having a chance to play. Darrell Williams had a you know a couple big hitters there for us down the stretch. You know John's aggressive, you, you know him. And he came in, they were four downs and going for two. Was that even more aggressive than you thought? You have to kind of start coaching those guys on defense, hey, don't take a breath after the third down. Yeah, I know you study all this. So they were third in the NFL and going for it on the fourth down. So they this isn't something we they, they caught us by surprise. They love doing that. And they have the firepower to do it, and so you got to be on your toes right there. And then uh, they've got a nice package on special teams uh, where they can do some fakes there. They didn't do them, but there were some. Hey, Randy, great seeing you, man. Oh, gun, good seeing you, man. Oh, all right, all right. <coughs> Glad you shaved that thing off. Andy, on the last drive, the third and eight, I think it was. What went into the decision? Go ahead and pass. I know it was a. The last situation? Yeah. 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 Well, we, you know, we, we go through that um, every week, those situations. And uh, not that you want to be in them, but we go through them. Uh, so with that, um, that was Pat's play. And, uh, you know, my hat goes off to him and Mike and, and that, that room right there is tremendous. Joe Blameyer doesn't get enough credit for all the stuff he does. I mean, he, he's the name behind the scenes that kind of helps feed some of these things that we do um, here. So there, there are a lot of guys that go into this whole thing that we've, we've been doing offensively. And, and uh, that one there was Pat's, uh, Pat's call. He wanted that play if we got into that situation. And, uh, and so he's giving uh, up the credit there, as you heard. And, and I think the thing uh, that's interesting about Reed is they said, going into the game, Harbaugh might go forward on fourth down. I thought that was a crucial mistake. I saw a lot of people on social media being like, they love this. They love the aggressiveness. I just don't think handing the MVP of the National Football League at midfield when you don't convert a fourth down is is a smart football move. Yeah, here's the thing, though. You're seeing, and I know the Ravens will go for it. Nobody does like the Eagles and Doug Peterson. But again, you do read disciples in both Peterson and uh, in what we saw in Harbaugh. But the Chiefs, they've just forced people to play differently. People know they have to put up points against the Chiefs. And I think we'll see this more and more throughout the year, Pete, especially teams playing the Chiefs. Is there a certain way to play them? And again, going back, I'll give Andy Reid credit for not being predictable because at the end of the year last year, during the regular season with the Chargers, the Ravens, those game, the Seahawks, the game, and they lost two of those. As we went down the stretch, they ended up losing to the Patriots. Teams were playing the Chiefs much differently. They got more into the ball control mode against this team. And I thought we're kind of forcing the Chiefs' hands. The Chiefs had enough film out there. There were teams were starting to put together. How do we beat the Chiefs? We keep Mahomes on the sideline. We do all these type of things. But I think teams feel a certain responsibility to keep putting points on the board when they can. And you'll see more teams go for it. I think against the Chiefs because the only way to beat them is to score points. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I think having that pressure and realizing the Chiefs are going to put up 35, it makes you think a little bit. And I think you're seeing that. Let's continue on with the Chiefs head coach. Uh, we called him. Is he designed to? 
No, no, it wasn't his design. It was actually off the play from the week before, but I, I you're supposed to know that. <laughs> penalties, penalties, right? I mean, penalties. We, we shot ourselves in the foot right there. We we moved right down the field, and then two penalties back to back, or a penalty and a sack, whatever it was, back. To, you know, it's, you can't do that. Not against a good team. So you do that, you're going to get behind. Yeah, that wasn't okay. Let me just say. So what we do is he has the whole game plan. So right. Saturday night we go through and we hit those type of situations. What would you like? We said we ask each quarterback what he'd like if it was this situation. So you know it's a four minute situation, third and ten. You know, uh, and and so that was his play for that for that situation. But that was already in the game plan. Right, right. But I guess in year two, how much of that do you feel like is, is there more synergy between the two of you all to know what each other wants to do? Yeah, if I knew what synergy was, I, I'd be good with it. So, but I would tell you, I would tell you this that uh, um, that I keep it open with those guys. So if they've got an idea that they're feeling, let's put it on the table. So we, we give them the game plan. Now the coaches give them the game plan. But if there's something that he's feeling. Absolutely, you listen to them. So that's that's all part of this. You know, that's uh, we don't we don't close our ears on anything, and uh, you don't let you check your ego on that kind of stuff. A lot of people kind of put their ego out there, but you try to check your ego on that, and then and then uh, keep it open. Therese Paler joins the drive Tuesdays at 3:30, 6:10 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Kansas City, a Radio.com Sports Station. So you continue to hear there, uh, Andy Reid, and, and I. I think what what was interesting in that last bit was just the relationship he has with Patrick Mahomes. These guys they meet every day, and and you hear, heard their their meeting last night before the game, talking about individual situations. I think they just need each other so much, and and, and it's just the perfect football marriage for all this success. And 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 Reed's got to be thrilled to have uh, to be able to work with this guy. The quarterback coach combination is so important. And he, he, last week it was when they were meeting. John Madden. Reed says he yep. talks to Madden. So he puts Mahomes, you know, on the phone with John Madden. So, yes, he meets with him all the time. And, again, as you and I talked about, Pete, in the preseason, we, we talked about this at night at different times, Andy Reed seems different this year. He, he just well, seems – joking. I mean, he's joking around. He's, he's laughing. He is. He just seems – he seems different. And, again, you know, I'll go back to Bill Walsh, you know, the, the, the book that he put out. He'd be out at dinner with his wife, and he'd take – he'd find a player – Think of a play for Joe Montana, and he'd sit there on a napkin and write it. Like, Andy Reid seems like the type of guy to me to carry around Post-it notes or think about it or wake up well, in the middle the, of the he night. Well, he had the Pat plays. I mean, that, we've we've heard stories plays. about that. I mean, he's probably just constantly thinking of different things that he could do. He's finally Patrick got Trump. a guy that can do everything. And weren't you always kind of curious with Alex Smith, the kind of coach? That, like, that you're seeing the best of Andy Reid. When you think about the football mind he's had, and he's finally got a guy to facil- facilitate the plays that he draws up. It, this is this is his swan song. You know, the, this is the last place he ever coaches. And the fact that he's finally got that guy. All those years of waiting. And he made the best out of Alex Smith. He made Alex Smith. He got the best out of Alex Smith. Jim Harbaugh, I thought, got the best that he could out of Alex Smith. Urban Meyer at Utah got the best out of him. Andy Reid for his work on Alex Smith was great, but it's the interpretation of the playbook. 
And I felt like the playbook was the same. When he went down, Nick Foles comes in, same playbook. It was the interpretation of the playbook. But Mahomes is different. And he's got a quarterback that can finally do the things. I think Andy Reid can finally get those plays out that he's always thought of and could never do because he didn't have that quarterback to do it. You know what I'm saying? Just going back to the old archives, pulling it out and said, this is what I wanted. He's been waiting for it. He's, this is the guy he's been waiting for. Let's finish up with the Chiefs head coach. Andy, we're related to that play. Just talk about Daryl being able to get the yards after the catch that gets you the first down the line. I'll tell you, yeah, he kicked through that tackle right there, right there at the end. You're talking about Daryl? Yeah. 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 So he kicked through that tackle uh, on the end there, which was big, and and he's a big kid. Now when he brings it on you, he's going to bring it on you. So he's he, uh, it's tough to bring down. He didn't have a nice long touch Fumble recovery, and then whatever that thing was at the end, he yeah. fair caught. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did a nice job. Yeah, well, it includes a lot of people, right? So it's not that that ends up being a one-man thing, but. It took an army to get to that point. So, uh, I, all the players and coaches, ownership. Um, yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to have great, two great owners, and I'm in a great position here, which I which I love. So uh, it's, uh, uh, but it takes a it takes an army to get to that that point. Mark, uh, our president back here, he, he and I've been through a couple of those. So uh, we know it's it takes a it takes an army. So. Andy Reid, sixth on the all-time win list now, 210 wins in his career. When we come back, we'll get to these calls, CJ and, and Big T, and we'll also hear from the Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, 33-28, to 28, a Chiefs victory. We'll be right back. The Arrowhead Ride Postgame Show, presented by 7th Street Casino. 